Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This podcast contains adult themes, sexual content, and strong language. If you can't handle that, you should probably leave. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. So, we're starting. Now, we're officially starting. Starting. We're officially starting. And you know what I noticed? I feel like we're too quiet uh, on our other ones. So, I'm going to be louder this time. Louder. All right. So, we're officially oh, yeah, starting we've been now. listening to ourselves more. Yeah, that's super weird. Okay. So, hi, Christopher. Hello, Rachel. <laughs> that was quiet, too. Well, anyway, so uh, here we are on another episode of Bustles and Bangers mm. with Rachel and Christopher Danger. And uh, this time, babe, mm. this time, mm-hmm. we're starting a new book. A new book? Oh, it's we finished the other one. We finally finished that that other ridiculous Dr. Wonderful. Dr. Wonderful. Dr. Wonderful was the last book that we read. Yes. Uh, so He was a wonderful doctor. <laughs> he fixed all those people's ugly faces. Yeah. And yeah. And their backs and their sciatica and things like that. So, yeah. All's good and well in the town of Mountainville or whatever it was. So now we can move on. Into another time zone, okay? Because that Doctor Wonderful was like, yeah, Doctor Wonderful was like in the two thousands, but yet not because it was in a mountain town. This one is like, I don't know when. What when? When did um, balls and dancing and and countesses and duchesses and things like that exist? Yeah, like the sixteen seventeen hundreds. Okay, so that's when this book is set in. So are you ready for this roller coaster ride? Nope. All right. Well, too bad. Here we go. It's time. All right. So we are reading The Reluctant Countess by Eloisa James. So if you are just now joining us and you just hopped onto this episode, or maybe you're still kind of getting used to us and you want to know what we're all about. So You'll never be completely <laughs> used to us. Yeah. So again, this is Bustles and Bangers, where we read trashy, smutty, silly, cheesy romance novels, whether it's kind of from the, the early ages to now. Uh, and we just... They're timeless, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, They're timeless yes. novels. Yeah. And we just talk shit about them. We have fun with it. We talk really nasty. And that's my favorite part of it. Um, and so, yeah. So, hang on for this cute little ride. I'm going to start you off with the prologue 
Oh, wait, but first I got to say, hey, if you like what you're here, you're more curious about us, check us out on social media, Bustles and Bangers on like Insta, TikTok, Facebook, or even check us out at Gypsy Danger 317 on those same kind of things. And we have an OnlyFans. So it's anyway. yucky too. <laughs> it's pretty though, right? Very anyway, tasteful. it's very beginning-ish. If We're you like still seeing people get their guts rearranged. Oh my God, that is not even <laughs> what I've put on there yet. That'll happen eventually, though. Yeah. That'll be the subscription, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that costs yeah, you money. Gotta, it's like a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm a cheap ride, baby. We're just trying to get some sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I want tattoos. I'm so hungry. I need a new tattoo. So anyway, here we are right. with the reluctant countess. And I got to say, because again, Chris nev- never knows what's going on in this shit. I got to mm. say, this one's more pleasantly surprising than some of the others. So I thought all of them have been pleasantly surprising. Okay, well, I enjoyed reading this one more than the other ones that I felt this like I this so the far. others were like torture, and this one was like, hey, all oh, right. So we're gonna be having some a little heroes bit, and uh, some villains. Yeah, this, one, huh? this one's a little bit more like billionaire baby negotiation and less one pink rose. Okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, so if you're wondering those, what those references mean, go check those episodes. Both out. of those were fun mm-hmm. for for different reasons. <laughs> So, we are set in a cottage on the outskirts of Fontainebleau, France. Fontainebleau. Fontainebleau. I don't know. In 1807. So, now we know. I'm an idiot. I should have read that. That was the first thing I read when I started reading the book. All right. So, 1807 Mm -hmm. in France. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The setting's been set. But this is the prologue. So, it's not the forever setting. At the age of 16... Lady Yasmin Runya prided herself on her courage. Jasmine Funyan? Yasmin. Yasmin Regnia. I don't know French. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong in my comments on my social media. Uh, after all, hadn't she made her debut before the entire French court? Yasmin had curtsied before the empress, disregarded the curled lips, ignored the giggles. She had held her head high and smiled at everyone who met her eyes. They all knew that her mother was Emperor Napoleon's mistress, but Yasmin held her ground. The unease she felt when she woke alone, her husband nowhere to be seen, her personal maid not answering her call, was turning into panic. She started trembling, not only because the cottage was bitterly cold, she walked slowly down the wooden staircase. Why did it say not only because the cottage was bitterly cold, bitterly cold and then end in a period, not continuously? I don't know. I feel like those girls laughing at her are pretty ballsy <coughs> figuring that her mo- her mom's fucking the emperor. The, it's like, yeah, the court. Yeah, I don't know. Well. Like, careful. Still. She has higher negotiation skills than you do. Yeah, but see, they laugh at them because you're not the one they wanted to marry, so you're considered kind of trashy. Yeah. You know, you're not marriage material, but I might go get you to wank me off. Is that what? No, that's not what French say. What it gets to British stuff you know, you later. Handy as in a blowsy, yeah. Every now and again. She walks slowly down the wooden staircase from her bedchamber, knowing from the echoing sound of her steps that Mon Repose, the darling house where her husband brought her after their elopement, was empty. Where was she? She actually didn't even know. <laughs> so she did not know. With a jolt of horror, she realized that she didn't know. She had escaped her family home, running into Hippolyte's carriage, 
and his arms, he had kissed her passionately all the way to a small chapel where a cheerful abbe had married them. I don't oh, know. So she Abby, just went off and got married, huh? After that, back in the carriage, Hippolyte had pulled her to him. She had no idea how much time passed, how far they'd traveled. By the time the carriage stopped, they were burning with desire. He kept laughing and kissing her, even when introducing her to the servants. Now they were all gone. Just as that notion presented itself, she heard carriage wheels crunching on the snow. With a little cry, she ran to the entry. Hippolyte had come for her. She stopped to compose herself. She was Madame Charles now. Hippolyte had said she had new dignity. He had said... <gasps> the door flung open, and a man walked in, his fur-lined cape billowing behind him, his face set in lines of rage and disapproval. Oh, uh-oh. I knew who your mother was when I married her, the Duke said, ignoring her exclamation. In truth, who could say non to an emperor? God knows your mother was only one of a string of women. I expected more of my daughter. What an imbecile I am, he jerked his head toward the door. Vite! I don't want my horses to take a chill. Yasmin's mind reeled. How did you find me? But no, I cannot come with you. I'm married, his lips curled. You're disgraced, not married. For God's sakes, Yasmin, did no one ever tell you that Hippolyte Charles is a fortune hunter. Yasmin's mouth fell open. No! The word squeaked from her throat. Oh, sorry. I should have been like, nope. He will marry you in truth only if we hand over this Kassan estate. Kassan. We certainly will not relinquish the estate that your mother earned from the emperor. The duke gave the word earned sardonic emphasis. Hippolyte loves me, Yasmin cried. This can't be true. Her father gave a bark of laughter. I blame your mother for not watching you more closely. A sob pressed on the back of her throat. It can't be, but what what will I do? You will come home. If you're with babe, I promise you this. I'll force that reprobate to marry you and put a dagger in his back within minutes of the ceremony. Her darling, handsome Hippolyte. No. It's in the hands of God. I don't suppose he used a condom. Oh, yeah. I mean, Mm. you got to protect yourself even in 1807. Mm. Yasmin had no idea what her father was referring to. Tears were pouring down her face. Her heart smashed into a thousand pieces. It took time, a whole year, but Yasmin decided that she was not a lesser person for being tricked. Hippolyte was. She had only been foolish for falling in love, for tumbling into his oh, embrace. So it was a, it was it a, was a joke. It uh, was a, well, it was a slimy trick to get her money. But was she? <coughs> did they get married? No. Okay. After two years, she returned to court, head held high. By then, the stone had moved from her stomach to her heart, and she felt safe from further danger. Not for her, the tempests of emotion that followed love. Her first evening back in the palace, Hippolyte Charles sauntered up to her and kissed her hand. Such an exquisite angel could make a man such as I contemplate marriage, the horrid man smirked at her. She gave her laugh an edge of mockery, knowing that the court was listening with fascination. Then allow an angel, monsieur, to assure you that heaven is unlikely to be your final abode. Oh, damn. God, get it, girl. Get it, girl. All right, so now that was the prologue. So that's just giving you an idea of where she has come from yasmin she comes from being the tricked she she is the daughter of a scandalous woman who was tricked by a boy to marry her for her stuff but it wasn't a real marriage right found out because she had a good father yeah i I don't know Um, i mean and then yes became bitter okay well young tween years well where she has now instead of a stomach of stone. So she, she was Yeah, so she was 16 stone. at that time. Oh, so she's like 18 now. 9 years later. Oh, a young woman in huh? chapter 20, 1. 20, 
25. Oh, yeah, Mr. Mathematician. So we're in chapter one. This is nine years later. And we are at Lord Wilbraham Boodle's annual ball. Is that, is that a dog? <laughs> that sounds like the name of they a named, fancy dog. He's the one that created Poodles. Man. Poodle Doodles. Uh, this is March 23, 1816. March 23rd, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, for over a decade... Giles Renwick. Man, these names. Dude, you have no idea how Holy many fucking shit. names are in this book. Dude, uh-uh, <laughs> no. Listen. <clears throat> are they all like <clears throat> this? Y- yes. And right. and there are so many names. This book is fat, okay? And it's because of the en- enormous we amount. We made, every time the intro, a character, a shooting, a drinking game. Okay, I'm, I've... A shooting after, game. <laughs> listen, so yeah, so for our listeners, we're starting to work up an idea for a drinking game. You could drink along with us as long as you were safely at home and drinking responsibly of the age of 21 or older, <laughs> wherever you're from, unless you're in another an country. <laughs> but... um. But yeah, so as I've been reading this book, I have found more reason, like more things we could add to that game, you know? So just hang tight, hang tight, hang tight. Giles Renwick, Earl of Lilford, had watched with distaste as acquaintances succumb to lustful impulses that cast their lives into chaos, if not catastrophe. At the age of 32, he prided himself on a private life as disciplined as his estate. He had never made a fool of himself over a woman until now. Uh Uh-oh. And it was an acquaintance that he got hard for? Well, Uh Lady Yasmin Renya was ineligible for his attentions in every way. Not as a wife, nor yet a mistress. She was a lady. Nor even as a friend, since they vehemently disliked each other. Oh, that doesn't help. Yet here he was, blood pounding, as he waited for the first waltz, which she had promised to him. Meanwhile, the lady was romping through a country dance with Edwin Turing. All polite society knew she'd turned down Turing's marriage proposal, along with those of at least eight others. Wasn't it Shakespeare's Juliet who described Romeo as a bird with a string around his leg? No matter his obsession, Giles could never ask her to be his countess. Lady Yasmin's gowns were cut too low, and her skirts were dampened to cling to admittedly lovely thighs. She loved to gossip and giggle. She smiled and flirted with everyone from new babies to elderly men with a foot in the grave. It was rumored that she carried a small flask of brandy to balls claiming to hate lemonade. She wasn't dignified or polite or even truly British. Who hates lemonade? (laughs) What kind of... (laughs) She's French. Maybe it's a French thing. Given her French umbring. Not to mention the fact that her mother had been one of Napoleon's mistresses, a fact Yasmin made no effort to hide. One of her silliest suitors had written a sonnet claiming her hair was the color of cowslips and her eyes as violet as twilight. To Giles's mind, her beauty didn't matter, though he appreciated her low bodices. She has purple eyes. Uh, Have you ever seen a Disney movie? You should probably get away from this lady. (laughs) She's a witch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's an evil. You can't yeah. be there. So he, though he appreciated her low bodices as much as the next man. Her low, bo- her low bodices. It's oh, showing cleavage. I don't know what that meant. The, That's a fancy Her one. bosom. Oh. Uh, All right. Well, now you know. What caught him was her laugh, the way she shared joy so freely. Yet asking her to be his wife was unthinkable. Full uh. stop. 
That's what this woman wrote. Whatever, man. Everybody's <laughs> sitting there drooling over her in this whole room. Yeah. Huh? He right. allowed himself to dance with her once an evening, always the first waltz. Thereafter, he courted proper eligible ladies, forcing himself to avoid Lady Yasmin, telling himself that he was searching for an appropriate countess as demanded by custom and tradition. Mm. <clears throat> that sucks, so, doesn't it? So they start dancing, right? You finally found somebody that really like gets you going, but you can't be with them because the rules say you can't. Tradition. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. So they start dancing and she starts talking. Your sister is dancing with Lord Pepper. <laughs> that sounds like another dog. I know. Lady Yasmin <laughs> told oh, him. Oh, yeah. Our neighbor, they have this dog named Lord Pepper. He's so Lord cool. Fluffy. <laughs> this is, we're going to find out in the end of the book, this was all animals. Yeah, this sucks. is a furries book. All right. So <clears throat> Lady Yasmin told him with an expected glance, yes. It wouldn't be a terrible match on paper, but you mustn't ignore his penchant for the racetrack. He must find a wife with a large dowry. Oh, he's a gambler. Mm-hmm. All right. If there was one thing Giles loathed, it was gossip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Giles is sick of her gossiping. All right, so um, she says, you're giving me that hateful look again. I thought perhaps you'd reserved it for me, but I saw you glowering at Fitz earlier. Fitz, <laughs> or the Honorable Fitzgibbon... Fitzgibbon Foley. Fitzgibbon Foley. Fitzgibbon Foley. Yep. Uh, He says, Giles says, I prefer to judge a man on his merits rather than idle gossip. I think a great deal of Lord Pepper. But in his head, he's thinking maybe he doesn't really like know him that well. So she says to him, you're responsible for your sister's welfare. You have chosen to escort her to events yourself rather than place her in the hands of a reliable chaperone, which means that you must pay attention to such details. It was entirely predictable to find irritation seeping into his veins. It happened whenever they engaged in conversation. Lady Yasmin's brows were perfect arches, even when she scowled. Giles had mad impulse to trace them with a finger, a finger that would drop down to touch the sweet flush on her cheek and then caress her lips. Presumably those lips were inherited from her French father because no English woman had lips that plush, let alone tipped up into a near constant smile. Yep. So it's a love hate relationship already. So anyway, I guess they get on to talking about whether sounds like the hottie that everybody doesn't want to admit they like. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Well, and some people do because they've been trying to ask her to marry him. Anyway, they get in a conversation kind of about her and blah, blah, blah. They talk about her mom and, He says something and she's like, are you referring to those who question my place in fashionable circles? And he gets kind of stuck in his words. Um, He says, you are indubitably a lady, Giles Mm. stated. I meant that blather about the racetrack is no reason to discount a suitor for my sister's hand before the man has even proposed. So you don't care that your younger sister is dancing with a hardened gambler? Lydia... Let me tell you something about dancing with a hardened gambler. We're pretty good at it. Because, hopefully they uh, win. We have to be entertaining after we lose all of our fucking money. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't hopefully know if you've you ever win done it. That, but you've been standing there with just nothing mm-hmm. but your underoos and mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. <laughs> dance for me, gambler. Dance. <laughs> How do you get the more money to go gamble? <laughs> I got to win it back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to win it back. He's a jester by, by, by night. It's been 12 years. I'm only in the red, you know. A little bit? The whole time. Okay, great. <laughs> So he says that his sister doesn't want a chaperone. All right. So (sighs) blah, blah, blah. They talk a little bit more about her grandpa. (laughs) And then they're talking about her speech, her English, because she's French. Uh Um, Somebody says, my point is that it's natural for your sister to refuse a chaperone. Why? 
Her mouth tightened. I suppose you think I'm getting too high for my nut, Lord Lilfer, oh. but I know young women. <clears throat> he says, I'm not sure what you mean by a reference to your nut. Giles took a deep breath, fighting off the fact that his cock responded to her scent as if. He oh. wasn't any good at metaphors. Perhaps all the blood in his body so had drained he, from his head. He's fake. Is he, is he like nut in his pants? Is well, that no, what saying? His I, cock. No, I think he's just, she was just using that term as like, yeah, a no, metaphor, I, but he was getting hard. Yeah, he likes the way, she, the way she smells, and it talks later in the book about how she's like the only one that bathes. <laughs> yeah, well, she again, smells like soap. Yes. Um. So, Lady Yasmin gave him an impish smile, and he instinctively drew her closer once again. American slang. She told him, "Getting too high for your nut means that you are overreaching." Giles cleared his throat. That phrase applies only to male overreaches. His nut. Lady Yasmin said, like a, she broke off, her brows drawing together again. Not a reference to a squirrel hiding his treasure in a tree. No, Giles said, I believe we're talking about male anatomy. Mm. Not that he had ever discussed male anatomy with a young lady before. So they're already kind of like, they're waltzing and now they're starting to like talk slightly inappropriately. No, she didn't say she could feel it, but they're talking kind of dirty so um anyway they're still talking about the sister chaperone situation giles had bribed the orchestra director to play the longest waltz in their repertoire so he ignored that observation oh she made some observation about the waltz being almost over um spinning in a few more circles so their thighs brushed together mm. he was cursed with a sensitive nose that sent him urgent messages about who had bathed before the ball and who had not even among the washed there were those whose perfume burnt burned his nose billowing like an invisible cloud around their bodies in contrast lady yasmin's scent clung to her skin only perceptible during a waltz in a perfect world he would back her against a wall and kiss her until she <clears throat> he cleared his throat you believe that my sister is ill-behaved <laughs> even to his own Way ears to break it <laughs> thinking about your sister yeah his voice sounded unfriendly i'm not saying lady lydia is wanton she's scarcely out of the schoolroom. i'm simply telling you that her entire mind is focused on young men for example where is she now she's dancing with not any longer uh-oh where did his sister go uh -oh. in the garden perhaps in the coat closet yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> now we're on to what are you laughing about? That's just getting butt fucked in the fucking loo. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah. Oh, I think they mentioned something about that too later. <laughs> So we're only at chapter two, right? At the age of 25, Yasmin considered herself an expert in the species known as gentlemen. Like a flock of chickens, they often clucked in unison. Like a herd of cows, they could be categorized by breed or nationality. And like a sleuth of bears, they could be dangerous. You should never underestimate a bear or a gentleman. Giles Renwick, Earl of Lilford, was censorious, 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 I don't know, whatever, buttoned down and unsurprising. In a flock of British aristocrats, Cats. I'm thinking of the <laughs> Disney movies. Aristocats. <laughs> okay. Well, when we were watching the fight the other night, uh, every yeah, time it's O'Malley, dude. I'm like, O'Malley, O'Malley the alley cat. Incredible. They called that, him the wrong name. Sugar is the wrong name. It should have been the alley cat. Dude. That fight was incredible. Mm -hmm. That whole line was set up for him. Yeah. I saw her breaking off that. That shit was so fucking cool. Yeah. All right. I'm over it. Okay. So. 
Uh, she says he blended right in. True, he was more beautiful than the average English gentleman, given his white blonde hair and eyes that glinted silver by candlelight. But one did occasionally see a particularly handsome Hereford. Hereford? Heifer? Hereford. <laughs> <laughs> Yet there was a steely core to him, a chilly gaze that spoke of power and privilege, but also inner strength. That wasn't what made him dangerous to her, though. She kept imagining that a different Giles was hidden under his starched exterior, one who was loyal and thoughtful, whose sense of humor paired with a deep capacity for passion. <laughs> 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 Consequently, she spent many futile hours attempting to lure out that Giles. She tried to amuse him and failing that to irritate him. So she felt like nothing was working. She felt like an idiot. Um, she was like constantly poking at him, but it didn't work out well for so her. So walked by, fart on him. Mm -hmm. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, he's like, so uh, or she says, Lady Lydia is no longer in the ballroom. He said, Are you certain? Um, and he's like looking around for her and she should be easy to spot as her head resembled a dandelion. But Giles wouldn't find her in the past few weeks. Yadman, Yasmin, dang, mm. Yasmin had seen the girl slip away many times in company with various gentlemen. Uh oh. So basically the sister is like using the time that he dances with Yasmin to sneak out with guys. She may be seeking fresh air. <laughs> like he says. He thinks likely she ripped her hem and had to retreat to the lady's sitting room. My sister is prone to accidents. And then they're talking about. Um, <laughs> so Yasmin's like, I was under the impression that those incidents occurred in her first season. And I think when they say like first and second seasons, like your age. Mm. OK, so um, she says, I did not see her debut, but I heard. He said, that's the trouble with society. You heard about it. Mm. And she said, did your sister not trip over a footstool and fizzle? He looked at her blankly. Fizzle? Fart? Foist? Yasmin explained. Oh, I called it. Look at it. What? Look you, at what? Didn't you just say she farted? Yeah. But the, the, she didn't know what to call it. Fizzle? Fart? Foist? All right. So um, he said, my sister is not as audacious as you are, Lady Yasmin. There was no mistaking the disapproval in Giles' voice. Presumably, he thought ladies ought to faint after the disgrace of farting. Although men urinated in dining room chamber pots in the full sight of those same ladies. You may so loathe... you just take a piss right there at the table? Yeah, in front of ladies in the corner. That's pretty liberating. Because they didn't have, like, bathrooms, I guess. Like, maybe they had, a, like, a so powder had, like, room. Pick it up and slosh it to a hole somewhere and the dump it The butlers. Out. Yeah, that's... So yeah, and people were dumping their shit out in the streets in yeah. London back in the day, too. This so is France, like, though. Well, no, no, we're in Britain. We're in English Oh, they switched town. on us? Okay. She left. She went back somewhere else or something. She I don't went... Know. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so... um. She says, you may loathe gossip, but I loathe rules that pretend no woman breaks wind. Your sister was shamed for a natural result of the digestive process. I can't believe that I said that joke literally right before that <laughs> I know. should happen. Yeah. So, oh, don't look like that. I shunt infect her with my scandalous ways. Your sister was polite, but no young lady wants advice from a spinster. Anyway, he was talking about you. Maybe you should What's talk. What's a spinster? Spinster. A spinster. Yeah, gotcha. I probably said it wrong. <clears throat> but anyway, they were talking about maybe she needed to talk to his sister about behaving or something. I don't know. I got you. So she says the distance between 17 and 24 is insurmountable. What's more, I'm not even a female relative. Lady Agreed. And the difference <laughs> between 27 and 24 is even greater. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Lydia has taken me in dislike, which should make you happy, shouldn't it? His brows drew together. It does not make me happy. Why would you say such a thing? Because you don't like me either. 
Oh, for goodness sake, can't we just be truthful? You and I have both fizzled on occasion. You and I have low opinions of each other. You would be happy if a scandalously dressed and frivolous lady such as myself had little to no contact with your innocent sister, even I am even if I am looking out for her best interests. I do not have a low opinion of you. Poppycock, Yasmin countered. You've made it clear that I don't dress or speak in a manner that you consider worthy of your respect. Anyway, <clears throat> so they stopped dancing. Well, sort of. It's, it did come to an end. And uh, she says, I suspect you'll find Lady Lydia in the back garden. He said, alone? Nope. You are insinuating that my sister ventured outside with Lord Pepper unchaperoned. She would never do something no, so inappropriate. And Lord Pepper yeah. out there with this spit roasted by the roses. Damn. But I think also normally a chaperone's a lady, so hey, hey. Oh. hey. Way Lord to go, Pepper, Lord Pepper. Look at you. Whoop whoop. All right. So it's gonna be a good night. She's like, I'm certain you're right. If you'll excuse me, I see my next dance partner. His hand tightened on her arm. No. We are going into the garden for a breath of fresh air. You feel faint. I do not feel faint. We shall prove that you are wrong before you can spread more tittle tattle about my sister. Tittle tattle. From yeah. now on, <coughs> it's I'm all tittle tattle. Use the shit out of that. Yeah. Stop tittle tattling. So uh, let's see. While they're trying to walk out, the Honorable Algernon Dunlap, of course, trot, Algernon trotted Dunlap. up to them, and Yasmin shook her head. We'll have to dance later, Mon Cher. The Earl has kindly agreed to accompany me into the garden for a brief respite from the heat. I'll accompany you, Lady Yasmin, Algernon said eagerly. He stuck out his bony elbow. Giles cast him a look, and he clapped his arm to his side. Alas, I could not accompany you into the gardens, Mr. Dunlap, you Yasmin said. kind of funny? All these names sound real fancy to us, but then they use, like, titles like Earl. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh... Earl, the but Duke like, that's Earl. so fucking fancy. fancy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Duke sounds like deuce. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what would your mama think if I compromised you, albeit accidentally? As everyone knows, Lord Lilfer and I have no affection for each other, so I regularly allow him to accompany me for a breath of fresh air. Yasmin paused to see whether Giles would counter her description of their relationship, but his face didn't move. She smiled at Algernon. You might tempt me to an indiscretion. He tipped toward her like a statue poised to crash to the ground. Uh, uh, what, what did you say? <laughs> Lady you want, Yasmin. You want to suck me off in the bathroom? <laughs> Giles said, unmistakable impatience in his voice. His eyes had darkened to sea green. In another proof of her idiocy, Yasmin had wasted an absurd amount of time thinking about the color of Giles's eyes. Last season, when he was wooing her friend Cleo, they had been a silvery gray. After Cleo married Jake, oh, basic, dang, he lost, huh? Sunny had turned wintry. This season, the Earl stalked around the ballroom on the hunt for the perfect countess. His eyes darkened to an icy green. She'd never met anyone whose eyes shifted like that from one color to another. Here we go. As Giles led her through the ballroom into the large drawing room, she caught sight of Cleo and waggled her eyebrows. Supper? Yasmin mouthed. Oh. Drink. <laughs> Cleo smiled and nodded. Oh. So technically, even though we don't have tequila today, that's a drinking game drink opportunity because we hate the word supper. So cheers. Mm. So <laughs> what's the sister's name that's outside getting... getting Lydia. Lydia. Oh, of course it's Lydia. Uh, neither Lydia nor Pepper are here, Giles said. Uh oh I expect she tore a flounce, Yasmin said. Lord Lilfer, if you'll excuse me, I see friends seated in the far corner, so I shall Go join them. Go check his car. He said no. <laughs> no. I'm sorry I mentioned your sister's absence from the ballroom. Surely we needn't actually go outside. For one thing, that would have everyone chattering about them, which she was certain the Earl wouldn't would loathe. 
And for another, it might start raining. She dampened her skirts, but a damp bodice would be a step too far. She was wearing a short corset, and her breasts were generously sized. If there's any chance that Lydia is in the garden with Lord Pepper, I must know. So Lydia's racking? No, they're talking about Yasmin. Oh, Yasmin's Giles is trying to take Yasmin outside, and she's like, it looks like it's about to rain. I'm not about to go get my boobs wet. My skirt, yeah. Boobs, no. And she's got... Remember, she wears low bodices. Okay, so do you, Pride and Prejudice type crap, you know, where their things are tight and their tits are up, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's so tight and it's so up that it's really just the top of the boob. Yeah. You know, like that. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I like it. They couldn't breathe. That's good. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's why he likes it. All right. All right. Moreover, Lydia had been using her brother's waltzes with Yasmin to cover up her indiscretions, but Yasmin didn't intend to ever dance with Giles again. Problem solved. So, chapter three. Taking a deep breath, she allowed the Earl to escort her, escort her onto the terrace, ignoring the curious glances that made her back prickle. I don't see Lydia. I expect that I was wrong. Very wrong, she added. I'm often wrong. His frown deep, deepened, but he didn't respond. Oh, well. So anyway, they're standing out in this garden. <clears throat> There's another guy's name, another person's name. There's Blanche Boodle, Ger- Gerald Boyle. Uh, oh, that sucks. Uh, Gerald yeah. Boyle. Huh? There are all these weird names. Who so wants to be Mrs. Boyle? Uh, there, that was, the, there's that one woman that won that, or didn't, maybe she didn't win it, but, um, what was this TV show about the singers? American nope. Idol? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there was a, the woman on there that like won it or was going to win it or something. Anyway, the Earl had turned away and was peering over the stone walls as if Lydia might be hiding in a quadrangle. Each grass oblong held two rows of stone posts topped with marble pineapples. Singularly unattractive to Yasmin's mind, if rather funny, he turned. Why are you laughing? Those One of those pineapples is upside down. It means they're singers. <laughs> <laughs> it means they'll fuck other people if you pay them enough. <laughs> yeah, so you sit on a big pineapple thing. Those dreadful pedestals, she said, chortling. A row of stone pillars set on squared pe- square pediments rose into the air just high enough so that their bulbous pineapple finials showed above the garden walls. But if someone glanced over the wall and viewed pillars from the ground up, Giles made a humming sound. At the edge of his mouth twitched again a belly laugh, and another man had one had to presume. Once seen, you'll never unsee, Yasmin said, no matter how much you might wish to. It casts a dubious light on our host's notion of elegance, don't you think? His grandfather's notion, I would think. It took time to scour stone pineapples to that smoothness. But just imagine when they were new, Yasmin said. Most of them have 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 lost the flourish of leaves on top. But if you consider that one closest to the wall, and then she says something in French. My education is inadequate as regards Latin. What does that mean? In the midst, Giles said, he hesitated, then elaborated, in mid-eruption in this case. Oh, hell yeah. Yasmin laughed. I, I like can't contain <laughs> myself when that happens. Yasmin laughed. I like you so much better when you aren't imitating a Quaker. Look, your lips are actually curling upward. But then he got, you know, Pissing lame in. again. Yeah, so they keep going out there, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so one of the other drinking game drinks is if a book is mentioned in a book, right? Here we go. I was caught in an extraordinarily long church service last week, so I was amused. I I amused myself by memorizing bits of the Book of Common Prayer. Very good for my English, if a trifle antiquated. 
Okay. So they're outside. Yasmin's like, it's growing cold. He tries to give her his jacket. Well, he does give her his jacket, and she notices he has really broad shoulders, clad in linen so fine that she could see the contours of his chest, his muscled chest. So blah, blah, blah. When he puts the jacket on her shoulders, you know, he, like, pulls the hair out of it, you know, for her. And then um, this is what happened. In another man, it would have been a tender gesture, but Giles' expression was verging on a glare. There was no rational reason to be so attracted to him, and yet his chilly gaze felt like a caress, and the touch of his fingers on her neck made her shiver. Their silence was growing embarrassing. You show to advantage without a coat, Yasmin said. Do you box? Yes, Giles stated. A raindrop splashed on her cheek. Giles the boxer? Yep. All right, Giles. (laughs) And he reached out and brushed it away. Their eyes caught. You're right, we should return, he said, looking back at the mansion. All right, Yasmin said. She felt a bit shaken, unable to come up with another playful comment, her stock in trade. There was something about Giles's uncompromising gaze that made it difficult to flirt with him. Before she could move, his hands closed on her shoulders. Yasmin's eyes widened at the sensual intent in his, but she didn't stop him when he slowly drew her closer or when he leaned down and his mouth touched hers. Their lips met and clung. He didn't press her and she didn't open her mouth. The man had no warmth in him and yet a brush of his lips sent heat racing down her limbs. One kiss ended and another began. Yasmin swayed toward him as his lips met hers and yet another chest kiss that sent pure lust quivering through her body. You are so... His voice broke off, but that raw, abandoned tone spoke for itself. Yasmin felt dazed, her heart beating too fast, her mind unable to keep up. But one thing was clear. She didn't want to feel like this. She wanted nothing to do with kisses that made a woman dizzy. She experienced those before and still had scars. Lust led to horrendous decisions. The Earl pulled back and dropped his arms from around her. That shouldn't have happened. Because you don't like me. He's just radiating confidence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, that shouldn't have happened. She says, because you don't like me. True. Oh, yeah, see, there you go. She says, true, you don't have to like someone to desire them. (sighs) She walked quickly back, ignoring the silent man pacing at her side. She was battling with shame. How stupid could she be? They walked silently through the drawing room. When they reached the ballroom doors, Lydia's... The only reason y'all think it's stupid because these fucking rules are all following. Yeah. Well, uh, Well, and she was, you know, messed up from the guy before or whatever. Yeah. So being a weirdo. they noticed Lydia's yellow top knot was instantly visible. Oh, we found it. Well, oh, wait, her top knot. It, what is she doing? That's no, that's a bun. No, I get it. It's oh, just like shut up. No, they're in the ballroom. They've walked back into the ballroom. Uh, okay. I thought they like walked, turned a corner. And it's like a outside porch swing or something. No. They just see your head bobbing back and forth. My sister is waltzing with pepper a second time. Giles observed blandly as if nothing had happened between them. Oh, so, uh, An etiquette side note for everybody just wanting to get into the vibe here. Uh, Apparently, it's improper for a a young lady to waltz twice with the same gentleman. One might accept two invitations to dance, but not two waltzes. Uh So you have to do a different dance. Those waltzes too sexy, huh? Or maybe too intimate or maybe too uh, committed. 
Yeah, I don't know. Good evening, Your Grace. She turned away and curtsied in front of her waiting dance partner, London's most eligible bachelor, Sylvester Parnell, Duke of Huntington. (laughs) He wasn't precisely cuddly, but at least he didn't look at her with icy dislike. The Duke bowed. Good evening, Lady Yasmin. Chilled to the bone, he asked as they slipped onto the dance floor, joining the waltzing couples. Are my gloves very cold? I've been outdoors and it's beginning to rain, he said, not the weather. The Earl, Lilford. Chilly bugger, isn't he? Oh, dear. I shouldn't have used that word in front of a lady. She says, bollocks. You don't care for the Earl? We were at school together, but he decided early on that I was a frivolous excuse for a man and not worth his time. A shared confession felt soothing. Alas, the Earl has a similarly low opinion of me. More the fool he, the Duke said, twirling her in a circle. No flirtatious comments, she ordered, letting her smile fall. I like you too much for that. I am not a fool enough to join the parade of besotted men at your heels, of whom I might add the Earl of Lilfer is definitely one. I've caught him more than once, standing at the edge of the ballroom, <laughs> staring at you. Your pictures in the <laughs> yeah. toilet. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> Nonsense. Lord Lilfer was preparing his next insult. It's irresistible given how you look in that gown. Enough, Yasmin ordered. I'm sick to death of flattery. Sylvester Parnell was fast becoming one of her closest friends, but only as long as the Duke avoided the kind of flumery that made her uncomfortable. It's irresistible to tease you, she frowned. Anyone who watches you closely will notice that you are a flirtatious minx in public and prudish in private. Most of my fellows haven't noticed because they're imbeciles in in public and private. Don't don't watch me closely, Yasmin ordered. I like this, dude. Yeah, so... (laughs) What's his name? Sylvester. Sylvester. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, they dance and He's flirt. He's in there ripping everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They dance and Shows flirt. Shows up late. Takes the girl. Yeah. Makes fun of everybody. Mm-hmm. And she's into it. Mm. Yeah. So the next day in chapter four, breakfast. Uh, okay. So yeah, they're in London. And now they're at the Duke of Portbello's townhouse. And I, I put a note that says, ooh, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so... As a little girl, Yasmin and her nanny used to visit her mother every morning promptly at 11 a.m. Her mother would be half buried in rosy satin pillows, a matching eye shield pushed to her forehead, and a band of satin snugly wound of satin snugly wound around her chin in an effort to combat much dreaded jowls. I don't know what that means. It wasn't until Yasmin was older that she understood that her mother's grogginess was due to the soothing drops she took in her morning chocolate. Uh-oh. A it, little opium? Uh, it had to be. Had to be. Had to be. Nice. All right. So, anyway, she's uh, at breakfast. Opium from the 1800s is probably the fucking best. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's having uh, breakfast with her grandfather, and um, it goes back and forth a little bit in here somewhere that she thought at first when she came to live with him that maybe he didn't like her, but now they like each other. All right. You seem tired, granddaughter, the Duke observed. When she first arrived in England... Oh, wait. That's what I just explained. (laughs) He didn't like her. Now he likes her. All right. Uh, She says in this that he originally would have described her like he would have said something like, I have it on the best authority that they smile just before they eat you. He's talking about lions. He he described her... He said that she needed to stop smiling with her teeth, which is weird because like most men will say, you need to smile more. I don't think that... That's a good thing to say to a woman. Not to smile Ever. or to smile. Yeah. Or Don't anything, say anything. Unless you're just complimenting her. Like, I love hey, your smile. I love your smile. Yeah. But if you're like, hey, you should smile more. Don't like, ever. You're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say that. Yeah. And I've had somebody say that. It's uh, super I stupid. S- I, I hear every time I go to a bar, I hear something like that. I'm yeah. Like, but Jesus, mm-hmm, yeah. Like, you're you're doing the opposite of what you should be doing. Those are baby rookie mistakes out there, fellas. Yeah. Are you trying to get in the pants or not? Nah? Man, you're trying to get hit, bro. 
Stop. Well, and so she's so they're having breakfast and they're talking and I skipped a bunch of pages. Um, right. She's thinking in her head that she she it's horribly horridly unfortunate that she felt nothing other than friendship for Sylvester and even more unfortunate that she couldn't get Giles. because Sylvester only feels friendship for her too. She's trying to fight with that. Yeah, I, I guess like so. Like, nerd, damn it, we're friend zoned. Um, she's trying not to think of Giles's muscular silhouette. All right, but she has resolved to stop dancing with him. All right, so she's still talking to Grandpa about last night. She's saying she is going to take a husband, but it's not going to be him. Grand- it's not going to be Grandpa? No, it's not going to be Giles. <laughs> oh, okay. I have made up my mind to accept a marriage. It only remains to choose the groom, and though I'm sad to disappoint you as regards my dance partners from last night, I actually believe I would like to marry an older man, one who is steady and unemotional. Uh-huh. That's what nice. she wants. Yeah. Uh-huh. So smart girl. Yeah. So chapter five later that evening. Hmm. But like how much older? I don't know. Almost dead. <laughs> That's what we're all wanting. Got a lot of money. Almost dead. Ayo. Perfect. Uh, who's she dancing with? Blah, blah, blah. Giles couldn't stop wondering why Lydia had left the ballroom in the middle of the waltz when his sister had told him that she didn't want a chaperone. He hadn't hesitated to agree. We already seen this part. No, no, no. He's thinking in his head. We're like, this is later the next evening day. Damn, they're waltzing again? He and Lady Yasmin weren't exactly friends, but he would have thought. Anyway, he didn't believe that Lydia would walk into the garden with a gentleman. Room mongers, rumor mongers always believe the worst. They jumped on the ugliest interpretation of an innocent action. He cleared his throat. Are you looking forward to this evening, Lydia? So he's talking to his sister. Okay. Uh Uh, Giles is. Yeah. And he notices, I don't know how her face looks, and he's like, ought you be wearing face powder? And she says, oh, I was. Robbie fucked it off of me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, have you blackened your eyelashes? She says, of course. He said, is that, do, do debutantes paint their faces then? Lydia cast him a pitying look. I am not a debutante, Giles. I'm in my second season. She pulled out a tiny pot and dipped her finger into the geranium pink paint, rubbing it across her bottom lip. So he came to the conclusion he'd made a huge mistake. All right. So where did you buy those cosmetics? They are sold everywhere. I suppose you think that women such as Lady Yasmin don't paint their faces? He said, I don't think she wears cosmetics other than on her lips. Lydia snorted. Not that I'd ever want to model myself on Lady Yasmin, but of course she paints. Not to mention wearing that scarlet lip color, which, by the way, is a huge mistake. Given how puffy her lips are, it makes her look deboshed. The disdain in Lydia's voice made Giles's jaw tighten. Why do you speak so despairingly of the lady? I don't say anything that isn't repeated everywhere. She wouldn't be welcome in society except that her grandfather is foisting her onto us. I've heard any number of people say the same. Plus, she's old. Oh, damn. 25 is old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that day and age, you should get married younger. All right. So... She says to him, you're my brother, my only brother. I've seen the way you look at her, and she's so beautiful, delectable, really. I do see that, but she would create scandal after scandal. You would never know if your children are your own. Some say that she is Napoleon's bastard. Did you hear that, or that she is his enamorata? Enamorata. Wonder what Rather than her mother. I don't know. I have no idea. So, let's see. Where are we? I don't know. So just so you know, this is an extremely long book. Okay, so they're gossiping and fighting. Yeah, gossiping see, and fighting. Yeah, the biggest book we've read. Yeah, gossiping and fighting. We're almost done. Giles bit back at a retort and said in- instead, 
I'd rather you didn't dance with Pepper, even if you become a duchess. He's not a gentleman. Her face eased. You are a stick in the mud, Giles. You you do know that. My friend Blanche thinks it's quite adorable. Giles hid a shudder. Come along, Lydia. Blanche saved a waltz for you. I told her you would be wearing a pink cravat, and she chose a gown as pleasing as a pleasing counterpoint. She was his baby sister. He loved her. He followed her. So they're going to another dance or whatever. The Duchess of Trent's ball was the high point of the social season. Chapter six. Mary scorned the idea of renting a few lemon trees, scattering them around the ballroom and I calling it a day. Trees. Instead, the American Duchess used her remarkable gardening skills to create extravagant events. Months ago, she had announced that this year's inspiration was Titania's Titania's Bower from A Midsummer Night's Dream. All right, so Yasmin is accompanied by her grandfather. They go in. They meet the hostess. Mary says, you look delicious. Yasmin smiles and spins in a circle so that she can see that she also wore a pink satin dress with tiny with a tiny high bodice cut low back and front. Her skirts were gored and floated around her ankles, trimmed with small net roses gleaming with spangles. Uh-huh. And she had pink diamonds on. Mm-hmm. So she says, I might be queen Titana... Tit- Tanya, Yasmin, but you are surely my lady in waiting. So she's looking fabulous. All right. So dun, dun, dun. Having caught sight of Yasmin, gentlemen began arrowing toward the entry to ask her to dance. Mary squeezed her hand and returned to the receiving line. All right. So people are trying to go get Yasmin to dance with them. We're doing ball stuff. People are talking. Maybe there's some more gossip. Chapter seven. Yasmin gave up her principles and looked around for Giles. Where is he? And she's talking to... Who's she talking to? Sylvester. Okay. Sylvester. Over there with his sister talking to our host. Yasmin could only see his profile. She couldn't crane her neck as that would lead to gossip that she had ogled, ogled the Earl. Yet even from here, she could see that the tendons in his neck were strained. Likely he was clenching his jaw, which in her experience he did when he was furious. I don't care for his sister, Sylvester observed. Lady Lydia always looks at me as if she were measuring me for a wedding coat and finding that I come up short. At that moment, Lydia turned away from the group and began strolling toward the ballroom, her hand in Lord Turing's arm. So her eyes paused for a moment on Yasmin's face before she looked away. So Lydia is walking around with Turing, who had proposed to Yasmin before, but Yasmin turned him down. Uh-huh. So, all right. And remember, this is again after Giles told his sister not to dance with Pepper, and Lydia was like, well, you don't dance with Yasmin then. Uh. And so, yeah. Lady Lydia doesn't care for me, she told Sylvester. Why not? I believe she considers me shamefully dissolute. Sylvester raised an eyebrow. You don't kiss men in alcoves. I accidentally walked into her canoodling with young Hereford a few weeks ago. Not that I ever considered marrying her, but the way she smirked when she saw me was enough to put me off. Uh, So she's being a little bit slutty. Lydia. Lydia's a slut. (laughs) Yasmin waved her fan while she thought about that. Uh, you underestimate his dislike of my friv- frivolity. You underestimate his dislike of my frivolity, by which she meant her reputation. Lady Stella should suit him. She wields her intelligence like a hammer. It's her most obvious characteristic, the attribute she presents to the world. He glanced at Yasmin's bosom and waggled an eyebrow. You're suggesting that I do the same with my bodices? I cannot answer because I promise never to make an improper remark to you again, Sylvester murmured, but his eyes laughed at her. (laughs) So he's like looking at her titties. 
Somehow after that, the evening lost its sparkle. Yasmin, her grandfather, um, I guess, let's see, are they dining with her? Blah, blah, blah. Dur, dur, dur. You British have honed the art of rudeness, Mary sang, and the Duke says rudeness is like cockfighting. I'll grant you it's an unpleasant sport, but hardly confined to my nation. I thought you'd like that statement. Mm-hmm. All right. Yasmin felt a touch on her shoulder and looked up to find Giles nodding in a tight-lipped way at the table. Good evening, Lord Lilford. He said, I wonder if you could spare me a few minutes, Lady Yasmin. The first waltz has come and gone and her dance card is full, Sylvester said. Uh, his voice, a nice blend of courtesy and something else, something a bit possessive. No, very possessive, since he followed that up by putting an arm on the back of Yasmin's chair. I am Lady Yasmin's escort this evening, her grandfather said, eyeing Sylvester with a distinctly mischievous expression. I suppose I will allow the Earl of Lilford a brief conversation, he waved his thin hand, making the lace ruffles at his wrist flutter. Off with you. All right, so Yasmin said, if you will excuse me. Lace ruffles on your little He's a duke. That's so adorable. All right, so uh, Giles says to Yasmin, she's gone. All right, uh, so... Your sister? Where did she go? I'm not sure. I didn't accompany her to supper. <laughs> so another drink opportunity. Drink it up. Supper. Okay, so after they talk about supper, they go back and forth about what happened. And he said that they got into a fight in the carriage. And um, I think he's thinking that maybe she like ran away. But he doesn't think she ran away alone. So... Yasmin says, I'm sorry that I shared such distressing information about your sister. I promise that I hadn't heard it from gossips. I'd merely noticed that Lady Lydia occasionally absented herself from the dance floor. Once I knew you were right about her behavior, I realized that I had been unfair. I apologize, Giles said. And he thinks she might have done this out of anger. Uh, He explains, you know, that their fight was about not dancing with different partners. Um... Yasmin says, I'm sure she's still in the house. I'll check the ladies' retiring room first. After that, we'll have to ask the butler. So she ran up the marble steps to the first floor. Mary had designated a pleasant room for the use of ladies who needed to rest their feet or to ask a maid to mend a ripped hem. The maid had likely been reassigned to help with supper because the room was Uh, empty. Yasmin, (laughs) yeah, oh yeah, wait, oh yeah. So I didn't even circle it. How did it get past me, drink? All right, so... Luckily, we're not actually drinking tequila this time because this is practice. We'd be fucked up. Yep. All right. So um, Yasmin even peeped into the adjoining water closet outfitted with a Lewis commode. Oh, there were toilets. But Lydia was nowhere to be seen. Leaving the room, she saw Giles waiting for her at the bottom of the stairs. Did he have to be so broad-shouldered? She had never imagined a man with such a deep lower lip. And he was so protective about his wretched sister, making him 50 times more desirable to her, which was stupid, stupid, stupid. He was desirable to his sister? No. Desirable to Yasmin because he wanted to protect his sister so bad. Oh. Because he was concerned. Right, right, right. All right, so... Peters, Lord Lilfer, is concerned about his sister, Lady Lydia. I wonder if you have seen her. The butler's expression didn't change, but his eyes did. Mm. To make certain that she is safe, Yasmin added. Peters cleared his throat. <clears throat> if the young lady felt faint, she may have taken refuge in the library or a smaller drawing room. He knows, Giles said as they walked down the marble passage. He knows where she is and with whom. Damn it. 
butlers know everything. Here's the library. She All turns. Right, she's about to catch him doing something. Lord Pepper, I didn't dance with him. You're <laughs> fucking him in the closet. She turned the doorknob and Lydia's walked in. Gross, dude. I like Lydia. <laughs> the library was lined with books, of course, with an imposing desk positioned straight ahead. But what caught Yasmin's eyes was a hairy male bottom. Oh, Breaches shit. down around his knees. A flood of embarrassment went over her. The man in question was vigorously tupping a woman in a garish oh. crimson gown. Oh, unquestionably the one worn by mrs dine Uh-oh. the lady's spouse was considerably older than this energetic fellow she whipped around it's not lydia she whispered oh wait sorry it's not lydia she whispered frantically pushing giles backward and that's where we're leaving it oh man somebody's so. getting deep down in there huh? yes vigorously <laughs> and and do you did you keep in mind did you hear that it's a mrs and not her mister. So, yeah, we hear that. <laughs> All right. That's what it sounded it's like. It's not Lydia. How'd you not hear it at first? How'd you hear it later? But, yeah, no. So, um, anyway, so, yeah, they've been dancing. A couple of days has passed. Lydia keeps sneaking off. Um, we are looking for Lydia currently at the ball. But that's where we're going to quit because the way I break these episodes down is uh, – I, I split the book in fours, so I never know where it may end. So everybody's got to hang tight to see, do we I'm find... I'm interested. This one has been a little bit more entertaining <coughs> yes. on the surface. Yeah, so the question is, for the next episode, do we find Lydia doing something improper and inappropriate? Or is she back on the dance floor and we still don't know what's going on? And will they end up in a room together doing something uh, improper and inappropriate? I don't know. Actually, I do know, but I'm not going to tell you. So anyway, till next time, uh, thank you everybody for listening to this nasty, naughty little romance novel. Uh, I know it was a little bit kind of like in the beginning, but we had to get to know the characters. And that's usually how the first episode goes. But I promise if you'll stay tuned, it gets nasty. It does. I liked this book a lot better than some of the more prudish ones we've read. So uh, next episode will be Funky Nasty. Hopefully we'll have a couple of guests on, but I'm not going to announce anything until maybe, you know, we get a confirmation. But it'll be fun because you're going to have maybe three girls in the room with you, Christopher. I have actually (laughs) had that before. before. And I'm pretty sure that everybody left satisfied. Oh, always. I've never known anyone to leave a room uh, unsatisfied with you. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't happen often. I don't think it does ever. Anyway, but yeah. So anyway, all you listeners, if you want to kind of see a little bit more about us, uh, give us a little bit of a rating. Um, actually, don't give us a rating if you don't love it. Um, only yeah, give us a rating. Like us it, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, only give us a five star rating, or else don't. Um, no. Get out of here. You can find us at www.bustlesandbangers.com. You can find us on any platform where you find your um, podcast, obviously, if you're already listening to this. But find more of us on our social media. Comment, interact with us. Tell us what you liked, who you think, and what you think is going to happen. I would love that. You can find us at Bustles and Bangers on Insta, TikTok, Facebook. You can find us at Gypsy Danger 317 on some of the same things. Uh, and then you can also check out our OnlyFans and see what we're up to kind of in the real life. See the naughty side of us sometimes. So. Anyway, peace out. Bye. Bye.